0: Welcome into the DMVR Buffs Podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we are talking about the departures. And we're actually two different parts. Um, we're going to start with just talking about the biggest losses from last season. And this came to mind just because, you know, yesterday's podcast, we're talking about how whatever story was talking about all the guys, the Buffs lost and the turnover, but didn't even mention just the players who graduated. Like, didn't mention that they were losing Carson Wells and Nate Lamont. And football-wise, losing them hurts a lot worse than losing them. But the point is, I figured I'd run through and just uh, make a list, um, kind of more of like a ranking, I guess, of which of the departures are going to hurt the Buffs the most. Um, and then the second half of the show, uh, kind of flash forward to next season and talk about which of those departures are going to hurt the Buffs the most. Um, because they have a big senior class. Like There's going to be a lot of turnover after this season again. So that's the plan for today. Um, hopefully you guys are excited. I know that I am excited. And I guess we might as well just dig in. Um so of the guys who left last season uh we're just we're just hitting the top 10 that's that's how I did it instead of like once you get into the like which one of these two guys is the least important loss like eh, it's a, we don't need to be doing that um number 10 Colby Purcell uh losing Colby Purcell definitely stings just because he has the experience um, but there's a couple factors here first of all uh, the buffs have Plenty of options at center. And so, will they be as good as Colby is day one? Who knows? Um, but it does seem like with an offensive line as bad as it was last year, having a little bit of turnover isn't that big of a deal. You know, it's it's kind of a good thing. You're getting somebody out there. Um, again, could there be a drop-off in the first couple of weeks? For sure. But by the end of the year, I have a feeling that whoever gets that job, whether it's Noah Fenske or Austin Johnson... I have a feeling that they'll be doing just fine there. Um, and that's why, I mean, it definitely doesn't help Colby's, per, or Colby's case to be a, a major loss uh, that there's only two linemen who leave. You know, if there were five, then they'd all feel like they were bigger losses, you know. Um, but, but one guy is replaceable, especially at that position. Um, number nine, ninth most impactful loss, Dimitri Stanley. Um, could have been up a little bit higher on this list, probably, just given that he's been on the field. The truth is, though, the, the Buffs have quite a few receivers. Dimitri's coming off a, a bit of a down year, and I don't know. I mean, this is kind of one of the complaints that I've had since I've, I've started following Colorado, but the receivers haven't gotten much better in the past. You know, so, like, you, you just look back. It's like, Katie Nixon, was he that much better in his last year than he was in his first Eh, I'm not so sure. Visca, something similar. Like, And you can run through basically all these guys. Dimitri's on that list too. Just not quite as much improvement as you'd like to see. But that's a different topic for a different day. The point is, losing Dimitri, it, it does sting. But, you know, a Chase Penry sitting right there with, uh, I mean, all the depth that they have. They'll have plenty of options. And so you can you can withstand that loss. Uh, number eight, Kari Kuch. Uh, he was the starting left guard yeah he was on the left side last year um the buffs best offensive lineman whether you like look through the stats that they keep or whether you look at pro football focus or you just watch games for yourself kari coach was pretty clearly the best option um he you know it was i considered putting him up higher but then again like you just look at the roster and say ah you bring in tommy brown it was a bad offensive line so being the best one out there that's not you know that that doesn't necessarily mean you're a world beater. There's a chance that you upgraded that position. There's a chance that you downgraded that position. But because, you know, you're saying it could go either way, it's tough for that one to sting too much. Again, would you like to have him around? Yeah. Would he start? There's a good chance. There's a good chance. Um you might have to move him to center. Um otherwise it'd be a tight competition between him and Tommy. Um and I guess with Casey too. There's no guarantee Casey would start. So, um Decent decently impactful loss for sure, but you know, Tommy Brown fills right in. Seventh most impactful loss, Mustafa Johnson. Um, and there's a couple reasons here. Uh first of all, this is probably as high as he could be on this list. Like if I were to move him, I'd probably switch him with Kari. Um, but this is where I wound up deciding to put these guys. Um Mustafa, it doesn't feel quite as impactful when, when he left because he, he missed the beginning of last year, didn't really seem like himself. And so when you're coming off of, again, not your best season, basically nobody had their best season last year though, it, it takes some of the sting away. And then you also look at, you know, you have Jalen Sami there, you have Naim Rodman. Um, those, those will be your starting defensive tackles. Then you've got a pair of seniors behind them and Justin Jackson and Janaz Jordan. Then you've got all the guys you recruited the last couple of years. Who knows if they're ready to break through. So you just have options there. You just have options and again. Like, would you like to have Mustafa? Yep, He'd, he'd be out on the field in, in some capacity. Um, but again, doesn't, he, he doesn't hit too high on this list. Um, fifth most impact or sorry, sixth most impactful loss. Brendan rice. Uh, this is one that you could have higher. Um, but again, you have so many receivers. And on top of that, he didn't produce all that much. Now, how much of that is his fault, how much of it is, you know, the the game plan's fault and the play calling and the, the quarterback play and the offensive line, all these things flow together. How much can you blame Brendan for that? Who knows? But what we do know is that he didn't put up the biggest numbers last year and yeah. Will he get better? Probably. Yeah, he'll probably get better. There's a chance that he puts up some big numbers at USC. Although, you know, Jordan Addison coming in, they already had some receivers. That's going to be competitive out there in L.A. Um, it does hurt. I, I had him... I actually had two guys. It was him. Number five is Mark Perry. Figuring out which order to put those two guys was tough. Um, and... Again, a lot of it has to do with you have so many good receivers, so many guys you can put out there. You have a coach who can turn them into the best versions of themselves. You'll be fine. Meanwhile, at safety, you know Trevor Woods is your starting free safety with Mark Perry gone. Is he ready? Potentially, like I hope so. I think I think there's a chance that he's going to be really good and ready to break through. He's he's a ball hawk, but. Having a guy with as much experience as Mark Perry did, and and had spent so much time on the field, and gotten so much better while he was out there, I think that that Mark, in his junior year, he could have been ready to to make some plays. And when you have other losses to the secondary, that kind of compounds it. That's why I went with Perry as the fifth most impactful loss, and and Rice is the sixth. Um, number four, Makai Blackman. Uh, Mackay is a really solid corner. You know, I've heard some people say like, "Oh, is he even going to get on the field at USC? That's a question for Brendan Rice. Mackay is going to be out there on the field. Um, there, uh, there were even reports coming out. I think Lincoln Riley said was what Lincoln Riley said was that he might've been their best defensive player, um, during spring camp. It's not a surprise. Smart guy, little undersized, but there's that, that is just fine at the cornerback position. Um, He's he's a significant loss. And, and he was actually tough. So he was number four. Christian Gonzalez was number three. Those two, to me, very similar in terms of just pure value for this upcoming season. Now, if you could keep one, you keep Christian Gonzalez because Makai's done after this year. Gonzo could go to the NFL. Maybe he has to wait another year, spend another year in college. Who knows? Um, but the longevity, if you factor that in, he's got to be in front. But even if not, just the length um, potential for him to grow a little bit more this season. Um, that's, that's what gives him the edge. That's what makes him the number three most impactful transfer. Again, it's, it's in some ways similar to the, the wide receiver situation. And that there's young cornerbacks, you want to get on the field. The difference is though, these two cornerbacks are two of the best in the PAC 12. They have solidified themselves. They've proven themselves. And if you can just have that, you'll love to have that. Um, those young guys, a little less, re- little re- less proven than uh, the the other receivers that the Buffs have the roster. Not quite as many of them as the receivers. Um, and then just positional value, especially on a team where you're probably going to be running the ball quite a bit, unless the quarterback play improves more than significantly. Um, having those corners could have solidified the strength of your defense. Um, and your your second biggest loss from last season, Carson Wells. Uh, Just a dominant presence on the edge. Really just solid linebacker in every way. You know, he he can do his job in coverage. He can play the run. He can rush the passer. And he does it all really well, and he's smart, and he gets guys in position. Um, I mean, there's a reason he's playing for the Bengals right now. Uh, He is a, a massive loss, and while there is talent out there, it's just so nice to have grown men at those positions in that front seven just big strong guys who've been around who who have the experience who've had their teeth cut going up against you know the am line the Texas line um the Utah line so number two the that biggest loss is Carson Wells and your biggest loss last season or from last season Nate landman um again just quarterback your defense single-handedly shuts down the running game. Um, you know, if you, if you bring him in, then you get to play more linebackers who can cover. You can tell your safeties that they're not so focused on their run fits because Nate can cover up for him. You can give him more responsibilities. Um, and these just the guy who calls everything on defense. So losing Nate, uh, is the biggest loss from last season. Um, just to run through that again, number one. Nate Landman, number two, Carson Wells, number three, Christian Gonzalez, number four, Makai Blackman, number five, Mark Perry, number six, Brendan Rice, number seven, Mustafa Johnson, number eight, Kari Kutch, number nine, Dimitri Stanley, and number 10, Colby Purcell. Um, you know, a couple guys didn't make it. You know, Matt Lynch, he he could have made it in, but they've just got other options there. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's your list. Before we get into... You know, the, the biggest losses next year. You know, looking ahead to the 2023 season, who are we going to be saying, ah, I wish we still had that guy. Um, before we get into that, I do want to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. They make so many awesome beers. Um, I'm a... Uh, Let's see, when's the last time? I guess with the Avs out of the playoffs. You know, the Avs are supposed to have a playoff game tonight. If they did, I'd be drinking Breckenridge beers. Instead, I'll just be sitting on my couch. Actually, what I did was I made a playbook that I think is very similar to the playbook that I think the Broncos are going to use this season on offense. So I'm going to run that with on Madden and be a nerdy loser. I should make one of those for Mike Sanford too. It's just so hard to predict what he is going to do. I'd be curious. I might I might try to take a stab at one of those playbooks. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Breckenridge Brewery, uh, great beers. The Avalanche Amber Ale is perfect for this time of year playoff season. The Strawberry Sky is perfect for any time of year. The Seltzers are incredible. Uh, awesome stuff. Get down to the farmhouse. Use the Beer Locator on their website. All those good things you've heard me talk about before. Uh, also, Sexy Pizza. Pizza. Uh, we've had sexy pizza at every Broncos tailgate we hosted this year. Um, it's it's incredible. It's really good stuff. You know, they the, actually the they have a green chili pizza that's really good. I've never had green chilies on a pizza before up until sexy pizza. I'm I'm usually like a pretty simple pizza guy. Like I'll eat whatever. Like it's all good. It's all pizza. But I do. I think pizza's supposed to just be pepperoni. That's just me. Like that's. When you think pizza, like when somebody draws a cartoon of a pizza, just pepperoni pizza, like that's that's what pizza is. But uh, they have so many options. They have a philanthropies. The way that is, different nonprofit organizations from around Colorado design their own pies, and if you buy one, then you wind up giving a portion of the proceeds to that nonprofit. It's an awesome program that they have set up over at Sexy Pizza. Get in on that or all the other stuff, the vegan options, gluten-free options, all that at any of their four Denver locations, Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill, or the new location in Trinidad, Colorado that just opened. All right, into next year's losses, and this is a tough one because you don't know who's going to leave. You know, when when we look back at that other list, we're like, yeah, Nate's probably gone. Carson's probably gone. Uh, Mustafa's definitely gone. Kari's definitely gone. Colby's definitely gone. Um, but the rest of them, you know, Christian Gonzalez, Brennan Rice, Mark Perry, we we didn't necessarily know. So there is that big caveat. We don't know who's going, and it's tough to predict the transfers. Um, before we jump in, I, I should say that what I did was I just went through the seniors, because it's such a big senior class, there's a bunch of different options. There's some big names who didn't even make the list. But uh, in terms of guys who could go early, um, specifically like go to the NFL, really the only one that stands out is Casey Roddick. And he'd have to have a really good year. Um, if, if Casey had a really good year, you could see him leaving early. I doubt it. Um, you know, Jalen Sami, could he leave early? That's probably the second name on this list. Niamh Rodman is a year behind Jalen. Uh, didn't didn't redshirt, and that's why. Um, but maybe he could get there, but that's there's there's a drop-off after Casey Roddick and Jalen Sami. You know, Nigel Bethel, could he forgo his senior year? You know, this would be his senior year if not for the COVID year, and so that's why some of these come into the conversation. You know, Tommy Brown, if he's just incredible out there, yeah, he could leave after this year. And Frank Phillip, but... I didn't include any of those guys um, just because most, I mean, it, it's a stretch to say they leave. Um, so yeah, but running through which of this year's seniors are going to be the biggest losses. Obviously there's quite a bit of projection here. I started number 10, RJ Snead. This was a tough one. Cause there's a bunch of different options. Um, Honestly, I was tempted not to put any receivers on just because, you know, if if we like all the young guys right now, what are we going to think of them after this season? You know, I, I think that we're going to be really excited to see the guys who get more opportunities next year. Um But RJ was just so good of a football player that I had to include him at number ten. Um we'll talk about some of the guys who missed the list after, but he uh He should be the safety blanket. He should be your best receiver. He should be your most polished receiver. I'm excited to see what he looks like after working with Phil McGagan. You know, I think that there might be another step that he can take. Uh, But I do think that you will feel his loss and just the the security that he provides, you know, because outside of him, it's like, yeah, could Daniel Arias break out? He's going to get every opportunity. And, if he doesn't, then Montana Monius Craig gets the opportunities. Ty Robinson and Chase Penry and Maurice Bell and all these guys. Having one solidified spot, though, one guy who you know can play, that does make the position feel a little bit better. Um, and and losing that, it'll be notable next season. Uh, number nine. At number nine, we have Josh Chandler-Samedo. This is another tough one because you don't he hasn't played it down for the buffs and you don't know what exactly his role is going to be. Um, but what I do know is that he is going to be doing something I and mean, you don't start 31 games at the power five level if you can't provide something to the University of Colorado after they lose Carson Wells and Nate Landman you know uh, so he, he's one of the guys who he could be way up high on the list and there's a real chance that he's your best linebacker. if that's the case, why can't he be number one on this list? You know, th- this list is very deep, but it's not super top-heavy. Um, there's a lot of these guys who could really get up that high. Um, with Josh Chandler-Semato, though, I will throw... Oh, I dropped my phone. Um, I'll throw out that uh, he could also slip. You know, if, if the spring linebacker trio of Quinn Perry, Robert Barnes, Marvin Ham turns out to be the three starters and those guys stay healthy, we'll knock on wood after saying that, then, I mean, obviously, there's there's only so much that Josh Chandler-Somato can do. But, but for now, he slides in at number nine on this list. At number eight, number eight, we've got Quinn Perry. Um, he uh, obviously takes over the Mike Linebacker job. He edges in front of Josh Chandler Samato just because there is a little bit of security. Like I think having seen how everything's played out, it's the ceiling might be higher for Josh Chandler Samato. It might be quite a bit higher, but I think the floor is higher for Quinn Perry because we know that he's one of their top three right now. Or they've treated him as one of the top three after, you know, he he took over the mic job for Nate last year when he got hurt and has carried that all the way through this spring. Um, so so that's why he edges out Josh Chandler's tomato. Um and number seven, Robert Barnes. We had three linebackers right here. Um Barnes again edges these two out just because of upside mostly. Um because he provides something that I think is less replaceable. When you look at Quinn Perry, I think again more experience, more season, has been around the game. Mr. Williams, I think when the time comes, you know, the twenty twenty-three season comes. He's gonna be ready to take over that inside linebacker job. You know that's I, I think that that you have players who can be those tackling types, um, but Robert Barnes and his abilities and coverage, that could be something that you wind up really missing, and and that's why he gets the edge and, and is number seven. But again, seven, eight, nine, Barnes, Perry, Chandler, Samedo. Those guys, I mean, any of them could wind up up at the top. Any of them could wind up off the list. Depends on how the season goes. I will say the reason they're not up a little bit higher is uh, just because I think you have so many linebackers. You know, there are so many guys behind them who should be ready to play. Um, that 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 bumps things down a little bit. Well, um, when it bumps them behind number six, Alex Fontenot. Um, With Alex Fontenot leaving. <sighs> You know, it's interesting because in the NFL, running backs are kind of worthless, right? Like nobody wants to commit to running backs. Nobody wants to pay running backs. Nobody drafts them in the first round. Um, in college football, running backs are much more impactful um, just because and the, the talent differential, if you get a good one, give him the ball, and he's able to just rip off five yards of carry regardless of, of what the blocking looks like. That just happens so much more than it does in the NFL. Um, so, so you, it, they are more valuable here. And the reason, though, that they're pushed up this high on the list is that they, the Buffs, don't have a lot of depth. You know, you have Dion Smith, you have Victor Venn. you have Jaylee Stacks. You have you have a few guys, but there is going to be a big question mark at that position after this season assuming there's no transfer addition between now and then and odds are you're going to get a transfer after the season as well that'll lessen this blow a little bit you know similar to I mean you know you lose Dimitri Stanley bring in RJ Snead cool that's that's fine Um, and and there's a good chance you wind up in a similar situation Um, but what what honestly makes Alex number six. The fact that Ramon Jefferson's number five. I mean, those are the two guys who are proven, the two guys who you can trust to be a starting running back, and they're both going to be gone. I, I, like I said, gave Ramon Jefferson the the edge here. Reason is upside. You know, this is one I've gone back and forth on. I know when we did the depth charts, I decided to put Fontenot as the starter. I think I want to say Ramon Jefferson's going to start I think I do it's 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 still really close but I'm just leaning that way right now and uh I put him up higher just because I think again it's the ceiling I think there's a good chance he goes out there and looks really good and you say damn I wish we had him for more than one year um but yeah Ramon Jefferson's number five uh number four Isaiah Lewis um and this is another tough one to place you know he's He's not the like an all pack 12 type of def- or at least he hasn't been. you know he's smart enough that if if he he gets just a tiny bit stronger, tiny bit faster, could he turn into one of those guys? I think so. Um, but that that's the the toughest step in the development to make. you know he's he has been a, a good starter, a solid starter, a very consistent player for a couple years for Colorado. um and and what puts him up so high on the list again, who's behind him? And you you're saying we're starting Trevor Woods this season. You know, Tyron Taylor, I think you want him in the slot. I don't think you want him at strong safety unless he puts on some weight. Um, you know, your top recruit, Dylan Dixon, uh he's a safety, but you know, is saying in his second year he's going to be the starter. That's uh that's asking a lot. Uh so Isaiah Lewis is number 4 just because that position is such a question mark behind him. You know, Jordan Wolverton looked really good, but you know, how you can't believe it until he's actually producing on the field. Uh, yeah, Isaiah Lewis, number four. And at number three, Brady Russell. And this was a really tough one. Um, he could have been number one on this list, honestly. Um, couple things. I mean, first of all, you have the young tight ends who should be ready to go by twenty twenty three at the latest. If you don't have two good tight ends in the twenty twenty three season out of that group, I will be shocked. Um if if you don't get one of those guys productive in the twenty twenty two season, I'll be shocked as well. And because of that, I do think that the Buffs are prepared. You know, they're prepared for life without Brady Russell. Although you're very happy that's not coming this season. Um with Brady, the the, the bigger reason that he isn't number one on this list is just that, you know, ha- has he maxed himself out? You know, um, it, it's it's nice to have that chess piece, somebody you can put in the backfield who can block, somebody who is a solid receiver. But unless he really takes that next step as a receiver, which is crazy to say considering he led the team in catches and yards last season, it's just that the offense was so unproductive. That's those still aren't massive numbers for a tight end. I, I think that, you know, I mean, things come to an end. He's he's been around for a while. And when he goes, it'll change your offense a little bit. But if it turns out you have a really well-rounded tight end who's longer than Brady and taller, like there, there's just a little bit more upside with those younger guys, and you'll have some options. And again, this, these are the same things that Brady Russell or things that people have been saying about Brady Russell for five, six years now. But I mean, here, here we are again, you know, can he can he be an all pack 12 tight end? And if he can, then then he will be number one on this list. but that's uh they'll it, take another step from him. Um, number two, Guy Thomas. Um, and this is projecting a little bit. you know he was he was really solid in those seven games, six games that he played last year. Um, missed the second half of the season with the injury, would have loved to have seen him kind of close things out there, rack up a few more sacks, rack up a couple more tackles for loss, and then you could be just a little bit more confident in what he provided. But he did look so good that I do think he will be one of your impact players on a defense that's potentially lacking them. You know, There's a lot of guys who are talented who you're saying like, oh, yeah, he's so good that he's going to be solid as a 19-year-old. It's like, yeah, you'd love to have the guy who's like, yup, and now he's 22, and he's just going to be a monster. Instead, it's like, he's so good, he can get by at 19. Um, which is, you know, it's good to have, but Guy Thomas on top of that is really helpful. Um, again, could have docked him a little bit for having you know Alvin Williams waiting in the wings, uh, but he's going to be gone, Jamar's going to be gone, um, Chance Main's going to be gone, so there, there will be a bit of a hole there as well. Number one on the list... Terrence Lang, uh, and this also is projection. You know, he had five and a half sacks in 2019, half a sack last season. Like, you need more production out of him rushing the passer. You need more tackles for loss from him. But we know how much talent he has. He's been a mainstay on this defense. It's just, can he he take that last little step to to being a, the the kind of player who goes and wins you a game or two this season? You know, and if we're betting on him to do it or Guy Thomas to do it. I'm I'm leaning Terrence. I'm leaning Terrence. Um it's tough to pick though for sure. Um but Terrence Lang is number one uh, on on this list of who's which losses are CU fans gonna be most upset about next year. Um again we'll run through this list real quick then talk about some others. Uh, Terrence Lang, number one, then Guy Thomas, two, number three is Brady Russell, four, Isaiah Lewis, five, Ramon Jefferson, six, Alex Fontenot, seven, Robert Barnes, eight, Quinn Perry, nine, Josh Chandler, Samedo, ten, Jamar Montgomery. Um, Some honorable mentions. Uh, I mentioned Jamar Montgomery. I mentioned Chance Main. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those two really does crack this list uh, once once the season's actually over. You know, the other receivers, you know, I squeezed RJ Snead into number 10 on the list but Daniel Arias, Jalen Jackson, Maurice Bell, could one of them take a step and and be a player that you miss next year. It's very possible. It's very possible with just so many options there with those guys still being fairly unproven, just miss out. Um Justin Jackson and Janaz Jordan, uh they aren't going to make the list because they're your second and or sorry, your I mean your your backup defensive tackles, but you rotate defensive linemen so much that they're going to be on the field so much that that losing them and asking those other younger guys to take their place, and the these guys could wind up being kind of the unsung heroes of, of this season, or at least this this defense, because they're able to kind of hold serve when Jalen Sami and Naeem Rodman need some snaps off. So outside of the top ten as of now, but probably closer than a lot of people would give them credit for. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, I'll be back tomorrow, Thursday. Not sure exactly what we're talking about, but we'll be talking about something, and I will see you then.